The camera pans in high over the Temple of Bri in Alkenstar. Down below on the steps, three gilded run three gilded gunners make a run for it, brandishing their firearms to scare people away. They run into the street like two tiny specks, their function unaffected. The seconds pass by, each cog doing its duty, just like so many people down below. The camera pushes in towards the front door, and we hear voices raised, shouting. We see people gathering in small groups, whispering and pointing towards the chaos. People trying to figure out what happened just moments ago. The clockworks are not phased, continuing to do their job as programmed without distraction. The camera continues floating in, down some stairs, through research facilities, libraries, printing shops, down towards the basement. Here we see our outlaws in a tense situation. Standing in front of the large vault doors to the asynchronous archives, a collection of redacted and sometimes heretical materials not fit for the Temple of Bri. We see Halbrandt, bloodied and barely able to stand, riding on the back of Wybert. Anita stands in front, armed, raised in the air, and submits. Camera pulls back just a bit, and we see Saruk, weapon in hand, fiercely looking around him. Intense stare on his eyes. Moments ago, a group of gilded gunners assaulted them within the walls of this holy place. And now the temple themselves have turned against them. In a circle standing about, or in a circle stand about half a dozen monks, each in an aggressive stance ready to strike. Behind them, a smattering of clockworks wield whatever blunt instruments and implements are within reach, ready to defend the temple. The camera pulls back a little more, and we see a tight shot, the angry face of Reficule. His firearm is raised, locked on its target. You see the beads of sweat forming on his brow, the slightly glazed over look. Something he saw within the sands of time, deep within the asynchronous archives, has unsettled him, causing his mind to be momentarily lost. The camera shifts and we see who he is pointing it at. A temple clerk a tertiary cog named Mintakis, one whom acted as their point of contact so far. She remains calm, the holy symbol of Brian nestled across her forehead, hood up. I will say this again. Hand over your weapons, or there will be consequences. The monks each shift in a step, closing the circle in around our outlaws. For just a brief moment, Ruffycule stays zoned in. Eyes narrow in anger. You can feel the anger through this tight, close shot of his face. And it's Anita's voice that breaks the, the tension and the silence. What in the, what in the bloody hell is going on? They set us up. Reficule! Put the just, gun down! Just Hurry. stay behind us. What? 
What are you talking about? They set us up. How would you know? I look down at Rafi. You want to tell her or should I? How much did Muglin pay you to let the bumblebees in? Don't even know who Mugland is. I'm sorry. I, I I think this is just a misunderstanding. Reficule! Saruk, Saruk, you should... There's too much of them and only a few of us. Halbert's already fucking bloody. He's gonna about... He's gonna die if we do something here. Come on. And Takis smiles a little... Half smile goes up as she nods. If chosen, wisely. Can I sense motive on her and see if she did? Yeah, give me a perception check for your sense motive. She kind of like nods at the monks after you lower your firearm. Saruk, have you put yours down? No. Okay. It's not like ready to go, but it's not like stowed either. It's not pointed like Ruffy had it pointed at her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just put it down. As you get a read on the situation, uh, you look at Saruk and Ruffy. You first of all, you notice something seems off with Ruffy, right? Something in him is is different. A different Ruffy. You've seen him like this sometimes, but he's not in his right state of mind. Saruk, on the other hand, this is very out of character for Saruk and kind of worrying because you read Mintakis and her words. She doesn't seem. She doesn't seem to be lying or deceiving at all. Like, you buy what she's saying. You believe her that she's telling the truth. She was not behind this, and she doesn't know who Mugland is. So the monks start, like, kind of closing in with the nod from Mintakis. And, like, they kind of, like, are... They're not coming in super fast, like, to punch, but they're definitely coming in with, like, force. And one of them kind of comes up to you, Refi, and, like, puts his hand, like, on your pistol. I'm sorry... Tertiary cog, this is unnecessary. This is this is a misunderstanding. We were ambushed by the gilded gunners. And we have no idea how they got into what is presumed to be a secured place. And we will get to the bottom of this once we've disarmed you. Nobody points a firearm at my head and threatens me and gets to keep their weapon. I will take responsibility for these two men. Just, it would, truthfully, it would cause more harm and chaos if either of their weapons get confiscated from them. I will vouch for them. One of the other monks has walked up to Saruk and is like looking like way up at him and just kind of like put his hand out for the, the Giselle. We are all in duress. We have an injured companion here. We will head out as soon as we could. No confiscation of weapons are needed. Oh, you're not leaving until we get to the bottom of this. Could they keep their weapons? They won't. They, they will not. And then I look at Saruk and Rafi. They will not point it at you again. Make a diplomacy check with a minus two circumstance penalty. So I'm gonna really quickly, really quickly, oh, cha. 
Even if you're telling the truth, I'm not giving up my weapon in a place where I was just... What's the word? Almost assassinated? I will use a hero point. I rolled an 11. Hero pointing this, okay. First roll, first roll of the session, we're using a hero point. Ooh. Uh, that's a 12. I forgot to put the clue in. And what that is, is fate. Right. Still not enough to persuade her in this situation. And all she says is, if you've got nothing to hide, you have no problem handing over your firearms. You're under our protection now. Nothing will happen. And we can patch up your friend there. How does that differ from us being under your protection 20 minutes ago? You were not under our protection. You were released to the archives under your own cognizance. Will they get their weapons back? Assuming you had nothing to do with this? About being ambushed. She says, take their weapons and each of the monks do as they're told and try to wrench the weapon from your grips. Do you guys let it go? I take a long, hard look over towards Annie. It's their house, Ruffy. At this point, we owe them and then I show him my bionic arms. pistol is let free and you can tell this monk was really nervous about the situation and he breathes a sigh of relief as he kind of takes your weapon and he steps just a few steps back keeping it in your vision but out of your reach so you're still around your weapon it's not like they're taking it away just not in your possession over on the other end another one of the monk has his hand on the Giselle and he goes to pull it from Saruk's grip I look down at them, clack my tusks against, I guess, my teeth. Weird underbite energy. (laughs) You realize how pointless this is, right? I'll put it up. I won't threaten anyone. And then, like, in the motion to try to sheath it, I make a very big show of there's literally a ballista on my back. Which I think is... It's been fired already, right? Because you shot it in the in the last fight. Maybe you reloaded it. You had some time. Let me put it away. If I have no cause to use it, then you have nothing to fear. If another assassination attempt is made upon us, and presumably glances wide to everyone in the space, you would prefer I had this. She looks at you. She looks at the rest of the monks, she gives another nod and two other monks come over. So now there's three monks around you, Sir. One other monk has gone back towards um, Hal, who's still like half bleeding out, right? They go for like your, they start looking for your firearm too, Hal. Oh, I don't have a firearm. They can look, but I don't have one. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't, right? You just have the sword or the kopesh, right? Yep. I grit my teeth. Saruk, if it was just the two of us, I'd say we go out in a blaze of glory. But it's not just the two of us here. And if there is any funny business that we find out, well, they'll find out it's not the weapon you have to worry about, but the man holding it. 
Suik, let's go. Makes a very big show of the multiple bottled lightnings that are hanging on his chest in the process. Yeah, they seem mostly worried about getting the firearms from you guys. They let you keep um, any of the blade what the Kopesh days. If I don't know, does, does Refugee have any non-firearm weapons or Saruk might? They don't take any of that. They just take your firearms, including Nina's uh, crossbow. And Nita's crossbow, sorry. Once they get all of your weapons, she kind of nods and they sort of like march you guys towards one of their sort of holding rooms um, upstairs. They don't take your firearms out of your sight. They leave them sort of around so you guys, it does, they don't want you to seem like they're stealing your weapons, but they just want to make sure that the situation is like contained. Do they pat us down? No, actually. Okay. In a show of semi-respect and semi-not trying to push the situation further than it needs to, they are content with taking your main weapons that are visible, the firearms, and then leaving anything else on your bodies. Yeah, you guys are taken to a sort of like holding room. They kind of bring you in, close the door on you, uh, and like you hear like a heavy lock from the outside. The room is well kept, clean, very bright. There's a singular table in the center of the room that's kind of shaped like a giant bronze cog with like six chairs kind of in a circle around it. There's only the only feature in this room other than this table is a singular clock on the wall that kind of just is really loud as it like click clock. Like every second, it's just like going back and forth and sort of breaking the silence, making it kind of crazy. You can't just get in your own thoughts because this clock is there ever present on your mind and outside you can see through the sort of opaque glass windows that there's guards standing outside but for now they just seem content to let you guys sit in here um giving you guys just a minute before they come in to like question you and you can hear basically the way it sounds is mintakis is ordering people to kind of go around ask for witnesses there, she seems like she's trying to piece together what happened and that's that you hear her kind of go off and the guards are holding your weapons just outside this kind of holding cell. And you guys are in the room. A minute is exactly the time I need to reload a backpack ballista. So you know what? I'm going to reload my backpack ballista. <laughs> There's a moment where you saw there, there, the two monks were looking at each other like, should we take the backpack ballista? And the one guy, the look was kind of like, yeah, you take it. And they're like, mm, and they let you keep it. So how did you deduce that Mintakis would even get a bribe from Mugland. Glances down at Ruffy. Mugland's reach. Mugland's pockets reach into every damn nook and cranny in this damned city. How do they know where we were? How did they get past everyone between us and them? How do they enter a secure archive that we had to get permission for? For all we know, it could it could have been the acolyte that we were with, not Mintakis. I don't know. I just didn't get the feeling that she would be that type of person who would sell herself out to Mugland. She's too into all these regulations for of, of I forgot Bry. Annie, Annie, Annie. Outside of the people in this room. Wait, there are no monks in the room, right? There's they are standing like out, so they locked you guys in. There's just kind of standing guard outside. It's not soundproof by any means, but they're not actively like, sitting in the room with you. 
outside of the people standing in this room at this moment, I don't trust a soul in this city. Not a single one. And I'm willing to believe the convictions of most of the people I have met in Alkenstar rub like water. Of course, outside of the old man, Annie. The old man doesn't count. We know. We need to get out of this city. Yes. But not because we have to escape whatever the fuck's happening, but I think we have to find what's his name? Oliman before Moglin does. I think us trying to find Oliman is what's pushing Moglin to have us assassinated or ambushed. Really? Because whatever he has must be really important to him. There's a sort of loud, like, clicking noise as the sort of door, like, unlocks. You can hear there, there's, like, a giant key that sort of, like, the clockwork internals of the door, like, unseal. The door opens. You guys all kind of, like, look over. And in the room walks Mintakis, and she's flanked by a pair of these cog monks with her. And then awkwardly floating in at the very back tail end is uh, the acolyte Duga, the one that was also with Mintakis earlier, carrying his big oversized copy of the Logic of Design. And the door sort of closes behind them, but you don't hear a locking sound. It just kind of closes. She kind of stands at the, the head of the room, right at one of the tables. She doesn't sit, she just stands. Looks at Refi. Looks at Saruk, kind of sizing them up. Notices that you've <laughs> loaded your backpack, Ballista. <laughs> sort of grins to herself. And puts on a PR smile, as she's so good at doing here. So, it seems we've had quite the stir here today. Based on our conversations... And her eyes do like a sort of sideways glance. And you see Duga, like kind of, she kind of does that sideways glance like at Duga a little bit. Our findings indicate you were the victims of this situation and not the aggressors. However, and she turns and she looks very sternly at Reficule. Do you mind explaining why you pulled a firearm and threatened me? How did they get in to the archives? How did they know we were here? Like sort of there's like a long pause and she's like, that is none of your concern. And then behind her, you see Duga like looking at his own feet, like very nervously. I'm going to sense some motive really quickly. I think. Sure. Make a sense motive check. Could I as well? Sure. So you can all make saying. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't trust anybody, so I'm not even going to. Yeah, you don't have, you can not trust uh, them if you want. You're telling us, us getting shot at is not any of our concern? The how and the why is not, and then she's sort of cut off from behind as Duga is like, just kind of starts speaking up, like talking over her, even though he's not really supposed to, and he's like, that was, that was my fault, I'm sorry. I tried to be helpful. And as he starts speaking, you can see Mintakis like 
almost part of her wants to shut him up, but she allows him to continue speaking. They came, three of them came looking for you. Well, at least by description. I asked if they were your friends and they said, yes, they had come here looking for you, that you'd be expecting them. I, I may have told them about the asynchronous archives. They signed NDAs and everything. I, I'm sorry. I, they were very friendly. Saruk and Anita, who are doing like a sense motive on the situation, you both get the impression that Duga, Duga is not lying, not telling the truth. Or not, not lying, not... Like, he is telling the truth, not really concealing anything here. You both... Uh, seems like he's... It was like an honest mistake from his part. And what you read from, like, Mintakis is really, like, trying to contain the situation and the bad PR of the church and not let this information out. And she doesn't really feel that telling you that they failed internally is the best PR move. It's considerably better to tell us that there was a mistake made than to... Alas, the situation, as said, is not your fault. In fact, there is some retraining that must be done. And we do apologize for this happening. We would like to make clear here at the Temple of Bri, this is not something common within our temple. But there must be repercussions for your behavior. She speaks kind of sternly. Threatening a tertiary cog is not something we take lightly. For this reficule, you find yourself banned from our temple grounds for one year including access to the asynchronous archives, permanently revoked. And she says this very seriously. As for the rest of you, you are all banned for a period of three months with a year of asynchronous archives access revoked. I'm not sure what you found in those vaults, nor do I have a privilege to know but it seems to have affected you all in a negative manner. I did warn you not to fall prey to the words you find within. Perhaps this period of reflection will be good for you. You know, I think so too. We should be on our way. Anita's doing her absolute best to not be a smartass right now. <laughs> Why don't you worry about your own reflections and your own lessons that need to be learned and we'll worry about our own business she does like uh, look over at Mintakis who opens his logic of design he's shuffling through some papers and you can see he's pulling up a few and looking and he pulls out like four pieces of paper and he puts them on the table in front of you all and she does like spread them out on the table and she just points and reminds you all that you did sign NDAs here you're not to discuss what you found in the archives with anybody, nor should you tell them about this little incident. She nods. He picks up the papers and tucks them in with the rest of the papers in his book. 
you're free to go. She uh, calls for your weapons to be returned to you. The guards come in, lay your weapons on the table. The crossbow, the Giselle, the dueling pistol all gets laid on the, the table for you. She asks for her sort of monks to escort you off the premises, and she leaves the room. If you'd like to say or ask anything, this is basically your last moment. Yeah, sounds good. Let me just really quickly, really quickly. That's probably an all right PR smile. Probably. <laughs> I don't know how how well a 15 crawls over the, the various perception DCs, but Sarup takes their Giselle, puts it in its sheath. Thank you so much for meeting out just punishment. We will go reflect on the things we read that hurt us because the things we read hurt us. And just out of the temple ASAP. As you rush out of the room, like Duga's just like kind of looking really like, like mouthing the words like, sorry. Don't. I do that to him. And then just walk out. I make sure that Ruffy's in front of me. You probably have to give him a little bit of shove. I am. As soon as the five of us, I guess, with Wybert, clear the door. Can you believe it? Those words, they shot at us, and we should reflect on the things that we read that are about, I hate this fucking city, my jagua! Can we leave now? Wybert's patting Saruk in the back. I'm not, I'm not feeling too hot. Oh. Uh, I'll do a... Uh, Alright, just... You can continue riding on, Wybert, for now. Should we go to the barrel and bullet? Yeah, let's get everybody and the stuff together, patch up the yeah. old man on the back of the construct, and and then go far away from this place. You know what, Saruk, I'm with you. you like, I, I, I really wanted to say a lot of things to that lady earlier but at the same time like she has the power yeah because that that's her temple but she's just she's a, a, a bitch that is a word for it she's a cunt oh that is another word for it besides when did ndas really like affect us so, yeah. i mean did anyone actually read the contract they signed or did they just sign it without reading it no i, I signed with a different name <laughs> That's right, yeah. And Rafi signed with Rafi, so. Yeah, yeah, I just was curious. Did you guys actually read what you were signing, like the fine print and everything? No. Okay. Because yeah, Probably imagine you don't know what you signed. Terms. I think it was Impwilly, so we didn't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> what a callback! So, without too much ado, if if the Baron bullets were, you'd like to head. Um, you guys are able to sort of make your way back across Skyside, across the bridge over the Estradi, the Estradi Bridge. So you can see, like below, like all the boats sort of going up and down the river. There's a huge collection of them at Alkenstar Falls, parked at the top of the waterfall, and they're just waiting for their turn to get on the screw to go down to the bottom of the river. the The smog starts getting thicker the closer you get to to uh, Smokeside. The little bits of sunlight that were kind of creeping through disappear behind a thick haze everything gets a little like orangey purple and uh we're welcome back to uh smokeside where you watch a guy get mugged on the corner right in front of you i mean i feel like suruk would step in and definitely stop that but go off flavor text 
Yeah, no, you can stop the, but like you're back in the more rough and tumble part of town. The, the shield marshals are much less prevalent here. I will say Saruk's able to stop the mugging from happening, but the attempted mugging definitely happens in front of you all. And we make it back to the rough and tumble side where we come home to the barrel and bullet saloon. I don't like that I feel a little better because I hit someone in the head with my shield. But I guess I'm going to take that walk in the door. Phoebe, I need to get really drunk. As you walk in the door, it's still early enough in the day. Uh, Actually, you guys did 16 hours of research. And then before that, we were doing something else, yeah. Yeah, so you guys have basically been up all night, pushed to the limits. We were kind of like early morning the next day, I suppose. Not a lot of patrons in terms of like bar customers this time in the morning. Uh, but the scene you sort of see when you come in the door, you see a rat sort of running through the bar. And then behind the rat, you see Masu like chasing the rat around the bar. And then behind Masu, you see Sylvia chasing Masu, barking like at the cat. And then in tow behind that, you see Joniah who's like running and like, no, stop, you leave Masu alone! And like chasing the dog and there's chaos. And you just see a very exhausted... Phoebe Dunsmith sitting at the bar, hand in her face, like half asleep. And when you come in and say, what was it you said to her, Saruk? Phoebe, I need to get very drunk. She's like already ahead of you. And without even like waking up, just pours a shot glass on the counter and sets it on the bar top for you guys to join her. Moglin just tried to get us killed. Now, now, now. Phoebe's obviously had a very hard day babysitting the motley crew that follows us. Clearly, she's had her own problems, and we don't need to foist ours. Another, please. Uh, You hear a voice sort of tucked away in the corner of the bar. You hear, like, a voice call out, which was weird because it didn't seem popular a second ago. And it's kind of a raspy voice, and he's like, this one's on on me. And you guys look around. This voice, it's Shoma. Shoma, the the man that you sort of like knocked over the head and brought, dragged back here so many like weeks ago, he's just hanging out in the bar, and Phoebe's like, "That one's been uh, waiting for you," and he sort of hobbles over to the four of you uh, and and asks for to buy a round for the 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 four of you. You see Anita like stepping away immediately. Yeah. I'm in circle position himself such that he is between Choma and Anita. He he sees the way you react to him and he, he like stops. He's like, ah, I understand. I I just I needed to apologize face to face. I am so sorry, Anita. And all of you really for the actions I put you through. It's I won't sugarcoat it. It's been rough for me. I know it's not an excuse. Phoebe and I have been talking. I think I'm ready to go back to my life, pick up the pieces and start again. But I couldn't do that without offering my apology. I'm not obliged to forgive you. Not yet. Fair. I don't. This is just one of the many steps I need to take. You can take the drink, you can leave it. Just know, one alchemist to another. I've spent my life learning how to change things from one thing to another now it's time that I learn to change myself and he picks up his drink and he offers a toast to change 
Sure. You know what? It's been a crazy enough. I don't even know what fucking time it is. It's a long road you're going to walk, but sure. You know what? To change. So Saruk does it. He looks to like Anita um, and sees that she's not really receptive. And you can tell he's a little sad, but he's understanding. Um, he looks at, at Hal. Hal will spit out the blood out of his mouth onto the floor. <laughs> and then he goes, he like, kind of like looks one last look at Reficule. I look towards Annie. And then I look towards Phoebe to see her reaction. She's like, like half asleep at the table. And Refi just walks out the door. I deserve that to change. He takes his drink, sets it down, puts his coat on, and then sort of uh, starts meandering back out towards the door. Um, and like once he's gone, Phoebe pipes up. And so before says, before he leaves, I think as he's as he's getting up, you have an incredibly long road to walk, and I don't think anybody I serve with is such a strong word will ever forgive you. But if you want to help us, I think it would go a long way. You're obviously an incredibly talented person. Maybe if you're using that towards not, what even were you getting up to in the back of that building? For one, and for two, if you're not doing that, apply it towards more, how do I want to put this? Help us. I'll just say that. Well, I mean, I used my alchemy to make a living. The only people that appreciated what I did tended to be criminals. So, you know, I supplied the criminal underworld with whatever they needed and cashed my payday. Didn't really take responsibility for what they did. That was, that was on them, not me, right? That's a very long, very difficult conversation that I, quite frankly, do not have the spoons to have with you right now. Well, I don't think you have too much to worry about. <clears throat> you, my lab's kind of destroyed. Everything I have is gone. I'm, I'm starting from square one, but uh, if there's anything I can help you with, my door is always open. How sure. step forward, like get within like an inch of his face like it's like flaming hair yeah you're gonna find yourself an empty book and you're gonna write down every recipe you know in that book and leave it on the bar when you're done oh okay sure uh, my recipe book is back home at the office I could probably you know what I'll wing it you think you could manage to wing some of that the explosive that you named after you, if some of it were to show up at the barrel and bullet, in a, a nice wrapped box that said Sarukin friends on a somewhat regular, you don't need to hook us up with everything, but I cannot believe I am saying the local colloquialism, but I, a little bit off the top, in return, we get rid of the power structure that holds down people here and you will benefit in the long run. And maybe, oh, maybe my friends can get about a half an inch closer to forgiving you for, you know, killing one of them. What do you say? Well, I can get more than half an inch closer if you would like me to, Saruk. I won't stop him. He kind of swallows. 
it, right. I mean, it'll take a bit to get my lab up again after the explosion, but first batch, it's on your doorstep. Scout's on her. Sure. Sounds good. And um, he sits at the journal and starts writing off the top of his head his formula for his Lyserium that he uh, he knows. That one, for sure, that's his, that's his private, personal, like, recipe. Like, he knows that one, like, the back of his hand, and he can easily kind of put that down and leave a formula for it for you guys. Although, technically, Nina already has his recipe book with all these formulas in it, but he doesn't know that you have it. That's fine. You might not even know that you have it, but you do. And he does write his recipe down. It takes him the better part of like an hour to sit there and scrawl all his notes and fill the journal with everything he needs to make sure you know how to make it. And then when he's done, he sort of does this awkward thing where he looks at Anita like he wants to sort of hand it to her, but then he knows better. Just just give it here. I'll, And then I set it next to Anita. And then he turns and he's like, we square boss. And he's like looking at you, Hal. I look back to the rest of my group and say, I need a few minutes. Somebody in my room. And I'll just slowly walk off. Oh, wait. Hal, hang on. I do... I have to patch you up. I've been wanting to do treat wounds on Hal. I'll be upstairs. Yeah, it took him a while to write the recipe. You could have been treating wounds while oh, he was Oh, okay. Doing it. Yes. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I would be upstairs, though. I would excuse myself. Okay. And uh, Shoma, at this point, unless anyone else stops him, he'll sort of sling his jacket back on and then walk out of the barrel and bullet, heading back towards his apartment in Hellside. I cannot believe... That person is, yeah, I guess it would take a while to restart your life, considering we stole all of his shit. <laughs> you really just cleaned him out. <laughs> also, I'm gonna, so, at some point between here and there, I also treat wounds on hell. Yeah, yeah, Next. for sure. Ruffy, at this point, your stupefied would have fallen off. Um, it's been enough time. Uh, you, you've kind of stormed out, not able to handle the situation, stormed out into the night. What are the other, like... What is your next step in terms of plot, right? You guys now know, you have a, an idea of where Kosawana went, which is this Cradle of Quartz, but you also know the Cradle of Quartz is like really, really far away at the end of the Spellscar Desert, which is a very dangerous place. Uh, what is your guys' next step in your quest? Like, it's are you going to bring it up to Phoebe? Are you going to just deal with it on your own? Maybe Honestly, this is the moment you guys to figure yeah, it out. Pretty much. I just find out the best way. Yeah. Out of character, Sarut trusts Hal enough because Hal literally is from there to get us the most expedient route. So it's just get all of the stuff that we need to survive and start walking, riding, training, however it is that Hal says we do, it goes. Yes, yes, we know you want to go on the airship. It's like you're five. <laughs> You know, it's how it's going to be Hal's responsibility to do that. Uh, is this, are you guys tired enough? Is this where you guys want to like heal up and rest for the night and get some rest? Yeah, I'm going to, Anita will be uh, staying up a little bit more to repair Wybert because he's unstable at the moment. I'm going to grab Ruffy before I pass out definitively. Yeah, Ruffy, Ruffy stormed out. He's gone. He's thrown out before Shoma. I think Ruffy would f- come in before, I mean, how, how long do you think Refi would be gone, Richard? Given the uh, events that happened today, probably a while. Okay. So you well, might I guess not I'm going to go track Refi. You can ask I, okay. I trained survival. 
knowing we were yeah. going into the mana wastes. Did not think I was using it to find my friend. Mm, well, I'm not going to find my friend. You can ask Anita. <laughs> yeah, you spend a little bit of time tracking. I mean, it's obvious his footsteps out the front door are not too hard to track. After that, you lose his footprints. You start sort of asking. Um, uh, it seems like he's wandered off towards the city, and it, within a few blocks, you have no idea where he's gone. At least in terms of tracking him, you've lost his pace. Heck. So eventually, Sir comes back dejected, gets another shot, and then crashes. Well, shit. I forgot I gave my room to a child. Uh, <laughs> where in the goddamn... I guess... Honestly, I think Saruk is going to just, like, get something to cover themselves from the elements and something softer than a rock to use as a pillow and just going to sleep, like, with their back to the crafting station out back. Yeah, I'd like to assume that, like, that Anita actually takes a little bit longer than she should have preparing Wybert, just waiting for Refi to come back. And then, uh, let's say that Refi still hasn't come back. She'll finish with Wybert and then just wait at the bar. Wait until Refi comes back. Mm-hmm. I think as you're waiting for Refi and as you're like really tired and trying to like stay awake, you kind of hear a a voice from behind you, like, Annie, Annie, is that you? And you turn around and like Code Jack is like trying to like stumble over towards Code you. Jack. He's still, yeah. Yes, it's it's me. It, it's time for bed. What happened to your face, Annie? And he's like touching the metallic like oh, parts. An accident. You know how I always work at the workshop. It's nothing. Uh, that's not nothing. That's that's some fine work. Oh, and she's. Yes, the 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 uh, cogs at the at the Temple of Bride did it for me. I really injured myself, Kojak. You're so grown up now, aren't you? You're getting so big. Oh, my back is killing me. That's why you shouldn't be here. You know, it's a, a huge hike going up to the room. Uh, I, I needed a, a drink, a, a, some hot milk. It's like, uh, she like goes back to the kitchen to sort of like get him his favorite drink of hot milk. You know, I remember the first time I laid eyes on you. Yeah. That Noel rocked right up and right up to the caravan and growled. She needs a caretaker. And laid you right at our feet. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. I remember bits of it, but not everything. A knoll, you said? Yeah, just walked right up to our caravan, placed you at our feet, and gone! Just like that! I always... I thought it was a Yusoki. Or maybe a knoll. I forgot. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. The mutant folk are all the same. Sort of rolls over in his sleep really loud. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, Annie... I had never before that moment thought about being a father. But I want you to know, not one moment since have I wanted anything more. 
Oh, go, Jack. I love you, Annie. And he, like, kind of puts his hand on your hand. And you see, like, he's got a little bit of tears in his eyes. I love the tear away from his eyes. You know, after all this is done, if you want to move out of Falconstar, we could. Like, just maybe a peaceful life, what do you think? Sort of stifles a sniffle a bit. But be amazing and he kind of turns and looks at you and you see his like he's, he like makes eye contact with you Annie mm-hmm. what happened to your face and he like reaches out and starts touching the like metallic parts of your face oh workshop accident you, you know what let's go let's go back to the room Phoebe brings the warm glass of milk and you're able to help him back up to the room is there anything with uh with Hal that you would like to do in this moment before we like fade out? I think what you see is him taking off his gloves, anticipating like somebody coming and bandaging him up, whether it's Kojak or Annie or Saruk or whatever, after he told Shoma to mm-hmm. do what he needed to do and copy the formulas, thinking that, you know, maybe maybe Anita can use this these formulas, not knowing if, you know, she has a recipe book or not, that this guy has is some some way to say well, we're going to make him beneficial to you in some manner, whether you don't have to apologize to him or no. And I think he'll pull off his glove. And this is the first time you've seen him pull off his gloves. And on the on his fingers, there's just initials R-A-S-H. And then you see the tattoos of cogwheels on his hand. And then the camera fades away. Cool. So the camera sort of fades to black. And right before we go to our our break there's like one more scene that happens so it fades to black and you hear sort of like footsteps and the like turning of like keys in a door and then a door opens and a little bit of light sort of streams in and we see flickering flames dancing in the darkness and we see shoma shoma's face comes home he looks exhausted he's got a bit of a smile on his face takes his jacket off, puts it on the hook, sort of slowly meanders his way to the back of his kitchen through the secret passage, slowly sort of walking through his, like, workshop. It's been, like, tossed and turned, destroyed. Everything's gone. Um, He's kind of slowly walking the halls back towards his sort of laboratory. Um, And he steps into the room, and he sighs to himself very sadly, looks over the giant machinery the, his, the whole lifeblood everything that made him special is destroyed gone up in a blaze broken glass shattered around the room and he just looks a little sad but hopeful at a new start a chance at redemption and there's a little bit of noise off screen and he looks up towards the giant statue of Norgorber that's in the room and you see a sort of like look of panic on his face and he gives like a little nod and all you hear him say is I knew you'd be coming or more like I knew you'd be coming he looks around he's like I got nothing left nothing What could you possibly do to me? And the camera pans 
coming out from the shadows behind the statue, right? Reficule standing there in Shoma's house. You're wrong about that, Shoma. You, like you said, you've got a chance to restart. To rebuild. Don't you? I guess that's up to you now, kid. <clears throat> but I don't think that's going to happen here in Alkenstar. I think you're done with this city. And I have a ba- I have a, his backpack already packed with his things, and I throw it at his feet. Seriously? I've heard stories about you. Stories about a demon, is it? Eyes look up towards your horns and your eye, your glowing eye. Am I one to speak? His flaming hair. What a pair we make. There's no hope for people like us in this city. And, well, let's just say... I'd sleep a little bit better for my friend's sake, knowing that you're not in it anymore. He nods. He looks down at the backpack. Kind of bends down, picks it up. Unzips it to see if you've packed his nice clothes. I've packed everything. Slings the backpack like over his shoulder. You don't mind if I walk you out to make sure that you're actually on your way? I mean... I have no cash. Where am I going? I toss five gold at his feet. Anywhere but here. He nods. Bends over, picks up the coins. Reaches out to shake your hand. I don't take it. I'll walk you out. Right. Turns around and uh, begins like walking towards the door as he's like just kind of talking back like never thought the demon had gone soft but I appreciate the change of heart we can all change can't we I'd like to think so and he starts walking out escorted by Ruffy once we get outside you know what I'm not so sure people can really change. People like us, anyway. Shoma, you're a scholar, aren't you? He stops. The loud, rushing Alkenstar falls, like, spraying you guys with water, kind of coming through. I am. Let me share with you a lesson that Alkenstar taught me. One of the very first things I've learned. An eye for an eye. And a soul for a soul. And I draw my pistol and I shoot him off the glitch. Yeah, there's just this moment. He's just sitting there. He doesn't fight it. You just see Shoma like closes his eyes as like there's the bang. His body flies over the edge of Alkenstar. Over the edge of um, Hellside. He's on one of the lower levels, but he still tumbles over the edge tumbling down and splashes into the water below around you like within a few levels like people are like looking over looking down everyone sees you standing there with your your pistol out and I just look 
at them with my eye and my horns. They all just kind of like go back to whatever they were doing. And I sheath my pistol and eventually make my way back to the barrel and bullet. Probably take a little bit longer, but uh, eventually I make my way back there. So after sort of a deep sleep, a chance to recover from a long night of studying, being assaulted, Saruk, you're woken up by a rough tongue licking your face. You found yourself sleeping outside. You've got like a hay bale for a pillow. You're kind of tucked into the back corner away from things. You know, it's softer than a lot of places, but it's not your bed because you've given your bed to Joniah. And outside, you the rough tongue sort of licks you awake. You realize the sun is pretty high in the sky and Hijok is there licking you awake. I think you can speak. Maybe you should do that instead of grooming me. I have been talking to you for about ten minutes now. You are very tired. I am very tired. Is everything alright? Where should I begin? No. Yes. Maybe eventually. It's been a long couple of days. It's been a long few months. I'll be all right. I'm glad to hear, but I must share something with you. Something, it might be important. That workshop, Kosawana's workshop. I've been sniffing around. The place has a shall we say, a remnant of divine presence. Something beyond this world guides Kosawana's hand. I see. I'm not surprised, I guess, but I see. Not sure what it is, but be warned. I do not know its purpose. For good or bad. I guess we'll know soon enough. Thank you. I appreciate it. He sort of like nods and then um, re like jumps into your chest and like goes back into the armor. Before he does, I'm going to try to like hold a hand up to stop him. Wait, 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 wait. I need a favor. Yeah. We have to go outside of Alkenstar for a while, presumably. You know about the human kid? I have seen him, yeah. Do you mind looking out for him for me while I'm gone? You don't need me with you. I think he needs you more. I have my friends to watch out for me. I'm... I'm concerned what Phoebe would get him up to. I'm paranoid that if I turn my back for two seconds, you know? You asked me if I was okay. It would go a long way towards making me okay if someone was watching out for him. You're not wrong to worry. I will watch the boy. He will be safe, as safe as I can keep him. I appreciate it. One last nap, and he dies back into your armor to get one last uh, rest before you guys leave. He'll, he'll, prom he promises he'll keep an eye on Janai and try to keep him out of Phoebe shenanigans, so to speak. But yeah, it's the middle of the next day for Saruk. This is like super late 
for some of you guys, it's it's probably a pretty normal waking hour. Does it sound like someone's been up all night frantically working in their makeshift workshop? I don't know. Does it, Anita? Yes, so Anita would have probably gotten... She would have been up early just to make sure that she finishes up what she needs to do. And at least get started on sweep up. Would you... Yeah, so I don't think you've had enough time to really put work into sweep up yet, but you've, you've at least prepped him and getting ready, so you haven't mechanically yeah, that's done. why he's hanging up on those chains. Yeah. So yeah, not too far from where you're sleeping, you hear... You see Anita sort of sweep up mounted on the wall. She's hard at work in the lab. Good morning, Saruk. Yeah, morning's a word for it. You've slept, right? Uh, yes. A little bit. How are you? I would ask if you're lying to me, but I'm not sure if I have a beat on that anymore. I think I Thank slept. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. For... for... Uh, stopping us from having a shootout in the Temple of Bry for having better judgment than me, apparently. Oh, no, I was absolutely wrecked. I was nervous. I was afraid that I would say, say uh, the wrong thing. I th That is not my expertise. They weren't, they weren't gears or anything. They were actual people that I had to convince. I didn't like it one bit. Yeah, but you pulled through, and I feel like we've all been out of our depth for a while. Not my expertise has been the last few months with all of you. We can talk about it later. Let's go find food. Actually, and then Zurich stops and goes to, like, where there is random scraps and things hanging out in the workshop. I... I was reading something, I think, and then starts grabbing, like, here is a random, very large gear. Here is something that looks like it attaches, pantomiming to put, like, on top of their armor, onto the breastplate, around their back, on the helm. It's going to be really hodgepodge, but it might be life or death. You mind? I, I guess I'm assuming all of this is yours. You don't mind, I take it. No, no. Do you want it? Yeah, I... It's not the best armor plating. It won't be as good as I nod over to where uh, Wybert is. But it'll be something. I think you would benefit from it more than I would because you're at the front of the Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zerk begins grabbing springs and random all of the things too. <laughs> Mechanically, this is how I would like to spend my gold on the ablative armor plating that I'm picking up before we go out and about. I could help you attach yep. some of it, although like I could also help you attach it, because if I remember correctly, those things they, they they're gone after you you consume it or you use it, so I could help you. In the moment, yeah, I when we get there. Let's go grab the boys, shall we? Alright. Bring out a makeshift alarm clock that I had made. The one that you wind up. Like, oh, I made it. It's called, I'm calling it an alarm clock. Does it do what I think it does? I think so. 
It plays an alarm and also displays the time. Two things for the price of one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Play right next to Ruffy. <laughs> Ruffy's probably passed out at the bar. So I'm going to go walk over to Ruffy, set the alarm clock TM <laughs> <laughs> next to Ruffy's head, turn it, and then just kind of like nudge with my elbow. Rise and shine. <laughs> Why are you... <laughs> <laughs> Nina just comes running and screaming. <laughs> what the bloody? Nice. You look like. What's shit. going on? Nothing. Everything. Right. You okay? What? what in bloody fucking hells was that noise? I look over to Anita. It's an alarm clock! You know I didn't set it off, right? That's an alarm clock. Fascinating. Wow. It's a, sounds like a terrible fucking idea. It probably is. Oh. It gets people up. It becomes running down the... Coming run out of the back door, like barefoot, pajamas, shotgun in her hand. <laughs> like, what's going on? Oh, don't worry about it. Science at work. It inspires punctuality. It does. Look how many people are here punctually in response to you yelling. Maybe like it's really considering just shooting it right now, but she thinks better of it and stumbles back to bed. Oh. You call that a snooze. That is a word for it. Alright, shall we wake yep. up Halbert? I think you woke up the, half the bloody neighborhood. Now all of Hellside knows we're here. Oh. How? I look up if Hal really did wake up. We all just glanced to the top of the stairs. I think he should nope. be down. Nope. Okay. I don't I'm think very so. surprised that Syl isn't barking up a storm in response to someone suddenly shouting. <laughs> well trained animal. I'll bring him some coffee. We'll make a man out of him yet. Swift as the coursing Ustradi. <laughs> That's a saying now. It, it makes sense to be a saying now. Sorry, I like it. Go up and knock on house door. I would say mysterious is the dark side of the moon, but canonically there are demons and shit on the dark side of Galarian's moon, so let's not Ooh. say we did. How, Brent? I'll open the door. Just still all bloodied up. No. He gestures. Come on in. Let me get my stuff. He'll reach across his table and take a glove. And on the oh. other hand, it's an initials that say AKUM, and you see some clockwork tattoo on the back of his hand. Do we see it or is. Grabs his stuff. I mean, it's up to you. Are you there? Probably see it. Yeah. And with the clockwork tattoo, right? Ooh, what's that? Ah. Memory of my friends, and he'll hold out the rash. This is uh, Reficule, Anita, Saruk, and Halbrand. And this is you, Anita, Kira, Kirin, Ulysses Mendoza. What? I. Wow. 
I did not expect that happened. Anyways. Touching. He'll uh, put on his gloves. Oh, he, he wears long sleeve shirts. So you don't see the... You just see the clockwork sort of peeking out at the end of the long sleeve where his hands are bare without the gloves on. I like that name, Rash. We all like Rashes. We're right in it. It's hard to get rid of us. You literally came back from the dead. That's subjectively correct. Just wait till we get out on the mana waste. Really get some rashes. I believe it. Wait, hang on a second. Let me patch you up a little bit more. We didn't patch you up fully last night. All right. 2d8, because with assurance. For an hour, so 40. Oh, that'll get me up to top. I have 73 hit points now. Nice. All right, so how should we go to the desert? What are our options? Well, we can walk to the keep. It's about 40 miles. It's relatively safe. Or we can see if we can procure either in Saruk's way or Refugil's way on uh, maybe a ride out there. Uh, I've seen it, uh, you know, come and go now and then. I was out here on the, either in the Shattered Lands or in the Manaway, so... I know that they're, they happen, you know, you can go to the other side of the city and see if somebody wants to uh, give us a ride or maybe we can charter a flying boat, whatever the hell those things are called. An airship? That, yes. I've always wanted to ride an airship. Throck, you've ridden in one before, yeah? That's how I got here. How much do they usually cost? Well... Honestly, it would probably be cheaper to just see if anyone needs some quick help. Mm. Anything from mechanics to bodyguard work, maybe we make a little bit of money. Maybe we get there without spending anything. It's objectively faster than walking, and I I sense there might be a bit of a time crunch. Caravan guards, except for in the air. Yeah. Well, we seem very well qualified to offer those services, so... Should we head to, I think, Anita would know where the airship, where the airport is, right? Yeah, so there's a whole area in Skyside called Pilot Square. It's between, like, the college and Longhorn Lounge, so you guys would have passed it, sort of as a group walking that way. So Rook's definitely been there because you kind of mm. landed there, and also you've escorted an older lady to go back to Matakali mm. from there, so... Generally speaking, everyone's familiar with its area, even if you haven't actually been there. It's not too hard to get to. So is that what we do? We go off to Skyside? Wait, do we need any, like, materials? I know, does everyone have a Lexus ready? We should probably buy some extra. All right, I already have three. I feel like that depends on your ability to produce them, Anita. I, I could produce them, but not uh, there's a limit. I could at most produce four in a day, and then they disappear after that day ends. But we need materials for that, or at least permanent ones. Get some extra rope. Get some climbing okay. gear. Uh, get yourself a scarf. Tie it around your mouth, because uh, when the wind blows out there, it uh, it doesn't just whistle. It howls. Just, I believe it. Well. No, I was thinking if we get an airship that has, you know, like an alchemical lab, 
while we're in the air, I could procure us or make us some elixirs while we're up there. I don't know how long this travel will be. I'm thinking at least a, a week. <laughs> it would it would take me four days to make a, a batch. Well, as the airship flies, how far is Cloud Reaver Keep from Alkenstar? Does anyone? Nobody has piloting lore. Does anyone have any sort of like lore? That Wouldn't you know it? I have piloting lore. <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> Well, that's true. You can prepare any lore you want for the day, right? We're still in daily prep, right? Yeah, of course. Boom! Piloting lore. Investigators right, are the give, coolest goddamn Give me a thing recall knowledge. One word. Mm. It wouldn't. You know what? This is my lead today. Wowie. That's what investigators do. So, given your knowledge of airships, so it really depends on the style of airship because airships come in a variety of sizes and different shapes. Um, for instance, some are just like simple balloons with a single pocket of gas and a basket attached that kind of floats with the winds. That would be slower. But if you're talking about what people consider to be the bread and butter of Alkenstar airship, these are sort of known as rigid ships. They've got structure built into them. They've got multiple pockets of like gas pouches. So that way, if one gets punctured, the whole ship doesn't go down. These are ones that have much greater distance because they have engines built in that can kind of propel it while it's being lifted and they're steerable. Um, and they usually are kind of accompanied by a cabin on the bottom that can transport lots of people at a time. And that's kind of like the basic of what an airship would be in Alkenstar. One of those from here to Cloud Reefer Keep would probably take one day of travel. And given the distance from Cloud Reefer Keep to where you're looking to go, you're probably looking at three to four days from Cloud River Keep to, to the Cradle of Courts. Barring any terrible weather, things that would make you have to take like adjustments to your route. Yeah, so I don't think we're going to have time between here and Cloud Reaver to bang out anything unless we take something really, really slow. Maybe if we can charter something from Cloud Reaver all the way to the Cradle, but that seems so... My, a very giant woman must have kissed the side of that airship. That's incredibly <laughs> big lady. There's lots of giants around Akinstar. This is true. So this is an example of like an airship. And like this airship, even though the picture's kind of small, realistically, you're looking at like it's it's like 60, 90 feet from tip to back and like pretty tall too. like the cabin underneath is enough to house multiple people comfortably. So the scale on this picture is kind of betrays how big this airship really is. For sure. This is an example of a common airship you'd see in Alkenstar. Well, I feel like we get to Cloud Reaver and then go from there. In a perfect world, we would just get immediately transported. It would be very easy, but I'm guessing that perfect world. It's a timey-wimey thing. That's meta for this adventure. And then what we go. Maybe we just get, uh, how many days we're going to be out? One one life potion per day? Mm, uh, elixirs of life, whatever the hell that stuff was. That's not mm. a bad idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I've given, here yeah, how, while I was passing out elixirs already, so here's one more for you. But that's a great idea. I just don't know how many, what do you say? 
how many days of oh sorry how many days of travel we'd be doing at least one it sounds like okay everyone has I wonder if we could have a chance to shop when we get to the keep or should we do everything here at Alkenstar would I know what's available at the keep possibly yeah um I think I'd say even without a lore check, because I think part of what you've done is is do stuff. You know, you've worked with them and stuff. The keep is sort of the easternmost military outpost in Alpenstar's sort of holdings. You know, they they kind of protect the border, keep things from the shattered desert, or sorry, the yeah, the, the Spellscar Desert from coming in towards the city. Most of the defense of Alkenstar region is focused on the west side towards the Shattered Ranges, where the Gunworks is, where Hold is, but there's still a little bit of threat from this side, so there's this one outpost that kind of manages it, and people range from there along the border, just kind of keep this area safe. Um, what you know about that that keep, Cloud River Keep, it has the basics that you would need for any sort of adventuring party or military type outpost, things like that. You can get food, you can get clothing you can get simple weapons nothing too crazy it's not as the selection is not as high as it would be in the city but it's absolutely a functional shopping hub that you could buy that people would be able to stock up on before you take a journey is elixirs of life common adventuring gear yes and that because it's it's um the the settlement is a high enough location you'd be able to buy those okay yeah and uh I mean, we could probably get everything we need to go out in the desert. At least that's where I would stop before I head out. I'm just glad we're keeping you. I mean, y'all aren't, aren't going to need any food while you're out there unless you have a particular palate that you want to stay true to. Yeah, only lizard tails. Hmm. Are there chocolate-covered river t- lizard tails out there? Uh, yeah, when you put chocolate on them. I'll be back, and I go <laughs> buy some chocolate. Chockies. Chockies. Yeah, your favorite chocolate shops. Not too far from Pilot Square. It's, it's on the way. Hmm. That's the only thing Refi buys in preparation. <laughs> oh boy, of course. <laughs> yeah. All right. So everyone still has their cauterizing torch, yeah. All right. So in any event that you find yourselves bleeding, just use it on the wound. It just takes less than six seconds for you to do, maybe two, and then it should help you at least try and heal it. Yeah, I suppose applying fire to a burning wound. It's not the craziest thing I've heard. It would hurt like a bitch, but it would stop the bleed. I feel like at that point, being in great pain is uh, kind of a foregone conclusion. Yes, because we've all almost died by the bleeding. Probably hurt less than that alarm clock. That's going to earn us a lot of money at some point, Ruffy. Just wait. Mm. Yeah, so just on a gamekeeping sense, um, once you leave sort of the confines of the city and sort of travel out and beyond, that's when, you know, we start worrying about things like managing the resources ammo for your weapons, food, supplies, stuff like that. So definitely make sure you're... There is no stopping for bullets in the middle of the Spellscar Desert. 
Well, already, let's break out that equipment table. I put all my bullets in the, uh, all my extra ammunition reticule is uh, in that bag over in uh, the workshop. It's in the right. party loot. <laughs> Mm, coat pistol. That should be enough. Literally all I bought at the beginning of the game was rounds for my dueling pistol, so... Right, I remember that. You just like, I bought like 200 rounds off the start, so I don't worry about it anymore. <laughs> and a waterproof carrying case, of course. Shall I get the rope? I think I already have rope. Okay, I'll grab rope. So you guys can go ahead, keep doing the shopping, white what you're doing, and I'm getting set up. Um, I think uh, sort of you guys are stopping. You're shopping. You're doing everything you need to get ready for this trip. You know, eventually you will find yourself sort of at Pilot Square, right, looking for a ship, looking for a place to work, looking for some way to get to where you're going. For some of you, this might be the first time you've been here, at least seen it from a distance. But it's a large smattering of like warehouses, taverns, clubs moored airships like a lot of these buildings have the airship sort of tethered right above it so the airship sort of floats above some of the establishments and it's almost like the the airships use the taverns the workshops the air the clubhouses as a base of operations and you can kind of approach them and ask about what services they offer where they go can you charter a flight things like that and there are lots of these different ships some balloons some things are just like like small like blimps like not quite full airships just blimps that are a little bit more steer worthy than the balloons but for this distance saruk and those of you familiar with airships you know you need a full-on airship to get that far uh safely yeah you can you look around you see lots of tourists and travelers coming here people are walking around these buildings, they all have like price boards on, on front of them. You can kind of walk up and see what services they offer. People have their luggage. Some people are coming here looking for a destination in mind, just spur of the moment. Other people are like here for a book trip with their luggage and their tickets like ready to go. It's just kind of a chaotic mess here in Pilot Square with lots of people going around looking for their business. And you find yourselves in the midst of this chaos also looking for information and looking for a way to do what you want to do. So do you have a specific plan? Yeah. Right. So which one are we stealing? We're not God's damn it. Reficule. No, I, does it look like, uh, I don't suppose there would be something as convenient as a now hiring sign hanging somewhere, but uh, looking around, is there anybody like, Hey, looking for bodyguards, looking for blah, 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 things of that nature. Let's do a gather information check on using society, probably. Or is, what's streetwise is for? Oh, but is it for telling me where my proficiencies are? Okay, so here's a fun time to. Uh, I'm gonna throw this out here so the GM and the rest of the world knows. At level five, my skill feat was cognitive crossover. So. This reaction triggers if I fail the recall knowledge, which is a secret roll, which I don't know if I failed or not. But if it does, I can reroll using. In this case, I chose society and crafting. Perfect. So if you recall knowledge with those skills, you get the reroll automatically. Perfect. In this case, it's not quite recall knowledge because it's actively gathering information. Oh, fair, fair. So yeah, that makes sense. I don't think 
this will apply in this situation. But good to know that you have that because it probably will come up, I'm sure. I'm definitely not used to rolling society for anything other than recall knowledge. 24 of them. Yeah. So uh, you look around for a bit and you, um, you're able to find that there is, there's plenty of job opportunities. Uh, the problem, most, most of them have like, you know, two years experience requires like entry level piloting three years experience as an assistant, you know, things of that nature. But there are some opportunities for you to get jobs on a ship. The problem is none of the ones that you see seem to actually go towards the spell scar desert like a lot of them go west go around the city go towards like the gunworks many of them are like themed cruise type situations where families go and just have fun fly over alkenstar yeah but like you don't see any sh any of these ships that seem to advertise at least that they go anywhere near the spell scar desert so it's not that you can't find jobs you can apply for it's just none of them seem to fit your plan here anybody selling their services like hire this ship like is there some beat up airship on the side that is precariously unfit for travel that is like i'll take you wherever you want to go for five gold pieces <laughs> sure give me a uh give me a uh a gather information check as well six mm. uh hal spends some time wandering around looking for anything about selling services you end up i think more like overwhelmed than anything at like the the necessity to like socialize with people and talk and and, and find this and the chaos of what's going on and i think overwhelming you you're unable to find anyone Hal specifically is unable to find anyone selling those sort of services but maybe somebody else is able to uh do it. We still got Anita and Ruffy have some time to kill during this block of exploration phase. Yeah, I'll help Hal by searching as well. So it's a diplomacy? Yeah, gather information, diplomacy. You're kind of chatting with people, talking, looking, stuff like that. Tis the season, Mary Chrysler. <laughs> so nice, dirty 20. So Anita, uh, you're able to track down um, a promising lead here. So there is a service, there is a a, uh, a tavern, and it has a ship moored on top of it that looks like a very striking, very stereotypical version of a pirate ship in airship form. And you can see that there's a sort of advertisement outside with a banner that says, like, adventures of all kind, inquire within. Uh, you want to go, we'll take you. And it, and it looks like they're offering like the adventurer package where you can go on a trip and live the adventure that you always wished you could have. I pointed out there's one service that's giving us a choice. It says adventures of all kinds. Should we take it? Well, at least we should go say hello. Maybe we can give them an adventure they won't ever forget. That's true. Is everyone with us or is it just me and Hal? Yeah, no, I think you guys are sort of all okay. together. All right. Yeah, it's better than the nothing I can find. Yeah, same. I'm, I, I mean, to be quite honest, I never had enough money to do any of this stuff. I would just get what I need out on the desert. But 
I think this is probably better for the rest of us. Okay, and who knows, we might even fly at the, using that pirate ship that's right there on top. Cool. I don't know if that looks fit to be in the air, but the only one would find out, I guess. Yeah, it looks very shiny, very, like, fresh coat of paint. It looks like what you would see if you saw, like, a pirate ship floating through the water at Disneyland through the, like, lagoon around Tom Sawyer's Island, you know? Like, it looks like the Columbia or the something of that nature, right? Overly painted, overly not really scuffed. But yeah, you can go inside. I don't know who's taking the lead here, but you guys kind of walk in the front door. There's a tavern. There's a whole live parrot in a cage behind the bar top squawking like, shiver me timbers! Squawk! And um, the whole bar has like a very pirate theme. There's or barrels for stools, a fishy smell that seems to pump in even though there's no f- open fish anywhere in the, the place. There's a, a big pirate captain oversized hat, big skull on it, giant feather. Yar, mateys, what can I do for ye? Yar, we would like to go to an adventure that you're offering. Ah, yes, we offer the adventures of all kinds. Are you here for the Become a Hero special? Sure. Does it take us anywhere we would like to do? We'd like to go to, though. Yar, you saw the advertisement. Adventures of all kind. And yes, little landlubber, if you want to be a pirate, you will make these ones. I look to Saru, Hal, and Rafi. I'm not confident on this choice anymore. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna sense me some motive, I think. Yeah, go ahead and make um, a sense motive check. Why you're sensing the motive, he's sliding over his, uh, his brochure to you, Anita, for his... Be, uh, the be, be a hero package and it's got like lots of fine bullet points it's got a nice pirate cartoon pirate or a pirate a cartoon pirate drawn on it and it's like bullet point one like uh the become a hero package includes one full weeks of lodgings travel to a destination of your choice food and drink starts at 150 gold per person that would be how they afford the fresh coat of paint fair the enough yar the Sandy Dunes, the most adventurous boat in all of Alkenstar. You're looking to be pirates? Some adventure? Be pirates, Annie. Pirates! I know, Ruffy, but I don't have 150 gold. Each, 150 per passenger. I'm sorry, we're having a private conversation here, sir. Arr! It's my job to upsell. So why don't we become pirates? And steal the ship. I, you know, you know how my ego gets in the way of everything. Right now, I'm not going to let my ego get in the way. And I'll tell you the truth. I have no idea how to fly an airship. I don't think it's the flying that you have to worry about. It's mostly the landing. All right. We don't need any food, water. We don't need any lodging. I mean, Saruk, we can, like, maybe help on the ship here, or... Okay. How much is... We need to go east. Far How much east. to be dropped off at Cloud River Keep? Cloud River Keep, yar, there's no adventure at the keep. How much to be dropped off at Cloud River Keep? Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, 
kind of looks back. My boss will be back in just, yeah, yeah. One second. He like kind of stumbles off. He stumbles back. You hear him whispering. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. And if, and if Cloud Reaver Keep is doable, then how much should drop us off at the coast? Uh, the coast? Which coast is that? Yar. East coast. Past Cloud Reaver Keep. The Obari Ocean. We're not asking to go all the way <laughs> there's, back. There's nothing in this world we aren't up for, matey. Apparently. Wait, did you... Did you... Did you say past Cloud Reaver Keep to the coast? That is what he said, yes. You're, you're talking about the Spellscar Desert. Yes. Isn't that where the adventure is? Immediately the door, like there's a smash cut and you guys are standing outside the tavern and the door is like slammed on your <laughs> And you sort of like hear, like, you hear like, I, you must be kidding me. I, a man of esteemed actor skill, would never go on such a suicide mission. Good day. And like, You also definitely wouldn't bed. break character, would you? I've met pirates before that. Mm, nope. That guy is all hat and no pirate ship. The sense motive check you get for sure, Saruk, is that this whole deal is is it's it's a dolled up package for families and kids and people that want to adventure without really the danger. All hat, no cattle, or much of fucking anything else. I think I think you know you guys have a, the right idea, but you kind of go around. Everywhere you inquire about the desert going to the desert, going to Cloudberry Keep, Path Cloudberry Keep, it shuts down. Nobody wants to do it. Everyone says it's too dangerous. It's not worth it. Blah, blah, blah. You're starting to get stonewalled no matter how it goes. You find cheaper alternatives, but nobody wants to go to the desert. Maybe maybe we should uh, ask Phoebe. She seems to know people. And right, right when you say that, right, sort of like uh, the wind whips up and a huge sort of dust storm blows through the area, which isn't uncommon here. Hal sort of pulls up the thing like usual, right? And right at that moment, like you're smacked in the face, Hal, by like a, a piece of paper that just clobbers you across your eyes. <laughs> you pull it out and um, look even through like the, the, the storm and you're holding a flyer. It has a very familiar name on it. Thera Winslow. She was the person you recall knowledge on at the scrapyard, the old timer with the airship that had crashed in the, the, the scrapyard. And you're holding the flyer and they make that connection again. Um, the flyer you're holding is uh, has a beautiful like charcoal drawing on it of a ship named the Harpy's Kiss, which you saw back in the scrapyard. There's a drawing of a woman showing a young, bold, charismatic dwarven tiefling woman standing proudly with her horn sort of up in the sky, looking stoic, scarf blowing in the wind, goggles around her neck. And the, the flyer reads, The Fair, Farrah Winslow. And below it, written on there, it's like, No job too big or too small. And then the bullet points below is like, Shatter the Shattered Range. Jalmaray, any day. Fly by the spell scar, not too far. And you kind of look at it. And this is the first advertisement you've seen showing 
anyone that would go towards the Spellscar Desert. Remember that uh, place by the Knolls and that ghost lady, Farah? Yeah, I suppose there is a decrepit airship there if we're reduced to building an airship from scrap parts and getting out that way, but I think it would be faster to walk. Why? Why do you bring it up? When I pass along the flyer, I mean, there's a ghost of a chance that she'll be able to help us, but I get the inkling that she's dying to talk to us about this adventure. Oh, hey. Uh, sorry, sorry. I dropped my flyer. The wind kind of took it. Uh, there's like a voice kind of behind Halbrant. You guys see this like kind of pretty thick built half orc woman uh, dressed in like a duster. She's got like um, a uh, sort of cowboy hat on and, and an immediate glance in like the silhouette out of the corner of your eye. It looks like there's a shield marshal standing behind Hal. And then she stops her sentence. She's like, oh, wait, Halbrant, is that you? You kind of like side eye her, right? Uh, you you see um, this half orc woman. She's a former shield marshal that you've known as a friend for some time. Her name is Celessa Toredo, and she's kind of eyeing you up and down. Celesso, where's your family? As you say that, she gets like a kind of rough, mean-looking expression on her face as she's kind of narrow her eyes on you licks her lips and looks you up and down. You threatening my family? No. She pulls the she pulls the duster cloak back, and then you see she has that dueling pistol on her hip. Where's your badge? She stops. There's like this long silence. You looking for my badge, outlaw? You're a wanted man, Halbrent. That's that's a long time ago. And it wasn't me it was angelique so if she's paying you and you want to duel my friend refical here well you're more than happy <laughs> to shoot somebody else today <laughs> you but say that and then immediately she sort of like her face lightens and she laughs and she sort of lets go of the coat it blows like it covers her gun she lets out like a hearty sort of laugh <laughs> oh, you should have seen the look on your face dueling your friend get over here and she like goes in for like a hug on you, Hal. I'll give her a righteous hug and elbow Saruk, like as I'm going in, kind of help him on the side. This is my friend uh, Saruk, Reficule, and Miss Anita here. Your flyer. Yeah, I, I actually do really need that back. Saruk passes it over. What do you what do you need it for? Because we're kind of needing somebody that can do this part right here. And I point to the spell scar too far. I don't know. I had just retired a few months back, put the the law abiding game behind me, and now I'm looking for some fun. She kind of like taps her like giant bag she has. It's like it looks like she has like a long rifle like attached to it. She's like thinking of doing some big game hunting. Uh, I, I I've been holding on to this flyer for years. Always thought it sounded like a bit of fun biggest games out east that's what they say did you say years yes are they still operating well yes I just came from her place right now I went by 
said she was closed for business, not taking any passengers at the moment. I guess I'm off somewhere else to find my rifle. Somewhere else to go. What, uh, where at? Can you point it out for us? She turns and, like, squints and she points down the road and you can see a pretty run-down looking bar with an airship moored over the top of it. Why, y'all looking for a place to skip town? (laughs) Something like that. I may be able to smuggle you out. I know some people. Well, we can get out, but we need to go past Cloud Reaver. Well, good luck with Farrah. She's a tough nut to crack. I offered her plenty of gold. She wasn't biting. Well, it's good seeing you, and I'm glad you got out of there alive. Enjoy your retirement. I will. Hal, Refi, Anita, Saruk. Picks up her bag, takes the flyer, tucks it in, and she's off to go find another place to do her hunting from an airship. Let's go uh, see what the fair fair has to say. No ghost puns? I'm disappointed. I agree with you, but I am disappointed. I do my best. Yeah, no, I can't find a pun and do my best, but sure. I'm sure you're just... Well, shit, I should have one. I'd start walking towards where the place is. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you do find her. It's not too hard once it's been pointed out. She has a pub, and the pub name is The Final Prospect. Uh, It looks pretty run down, and you look at the airship, especially compared to the pirate theme park level airship you saw. This one is not the same airship you saw on the flyer. It has a lot of years behind it. The wood is like mismatched. You can see the giant air sacks are like patched up with like haphazard like repairs done over the years. Despite how haphazard and, you know, under showmanship it is, it still is moored above the thing, tethered to the top of the building, and it's floating there. Seems to be functional at least. Yeah, in the the final airship or sorry, in the final prospect, sort of inside the bar very dimly lit there's very little actual light that floods in all the windows are like covered with like very like like stained glass stickers and red sort of tint giving it a very eerie sort of dim feel not a single person in here other than a tiefling woman sort of sitting at the bar back to you you see in the in the drawing you had she had two full tiefling horns the current version, she's got the one solid horn. Her other horn is like snapped off. And she's just sitting sort of at the bar back to you. And when you kind of come in and she can hear you, she's like, close for business. And she's drinking like shots of something. That bad, huh? This is uh, Farrah Winslow with her cloud of smoke. She spins in her chair and sees the four of you sort of standing there. Fine. Take a seat. What are you drinking? Whatever you got. Goes around the the back of the bar. Sorry, (sighs) did you say ice cream? I'm just kidding. It was for my friend Saruk's entertainment. He he thinks he's funny. I'm Saruk, by the way. Charmed. Farah. Puts it out right on the bar top. Do you have ice cream, though? 
I know a guy. I know lots of guys. Looking for some ice cream? No, we're looking for someone who's brave enough to take an airship to the Spellscar Desert. We have a mighty need. There's no coin worth that trip. Not anymore, at least. Stares off, minute, like just stares off past you, like over your shoulder into the corner of the room, and like you guys are all kind of like, what's she staring at? She's just like running through memories in her mind. We have a serious need to get out there. A serious need to get out there. What can we do to convince you to take us out there? I mean, I can walk 40 miles to the keep, but we need to go further. She stops. She thinks, listen, when I said we were close for business, I meant it. I'm retired now. That life is behind me. If you want to drink, this is the place to come. You want to ride, head on down to the next place. You want some darts? She motions over at the dartboard. I got darts. I got drinks. Wouldn't you want a, like a last hurrah, though? We've seen your other airship before. And based on Halbrin's uh, friend, Celeso, you seem like a woman that have many adventures under your belt. Why not maybe add one? Actually, 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 I think we're getting about 20 miles ahead of ourselves. Let me be frank with you. Out of character, what was the name of that ship? That Saruk definitely remembers? The Harpy's Kiss, was it? The Harpy's Kiss? Your partner died when the Harpy's Kiss crashed. Right? She kind of, like, turns and looks. What do you know of what happened on my last journey? I know that I put the ghost to rest peacefully. I hope that is helpful. You're obviously still carrying it around with you. You know nothing of what you speak. Then enlighten me. Make a make a diplomacy check here. To get oh, I will. Hard. You know what? Take a plus two circumstance bonus for mentioning the Harvey's kiss and everything you guys did before. Take a, definitely take a circumstance bonus on this. Macaulay ghost busting. <laughs> Who are you gonna call me, Saruk? Hockey ducky. I'm really good at these. 27. Pretty good. 27. That's pretty good. Nice. Obviously, you know a little something. Pull yourselves up. Take a seat. I got a story for you, you youngin. And she even is talking about you, hell yeah. As she pours the drink, she says, I meant what I said. There's nothing. It's not worth the time or the money going back to that place. Back in my younger days, I was a bit of a adventurer myself, or at least wasn't afraid of a tough job. I was in demand. I was the top pilot in this city. There wasn't a person who didn't want to ride with Pharaoh Winslow, even to the desert, believe it or not. There's a bit of a twinkle as she, you see, she lightens up as she's starting to think about her younger life, her adventures, the stuff she's been on. 
it's kind of warming her a bit, and she's losing a bit of that tough exterior. But the spell scar has a way of biting back that ship you talk of. You say you put my partner to rest. It wasn't a partner, not in the way you're thinking. I loved my ship beyond what some would be considering normal. I put my ship above my own crew, my friends, my lover. Strange things happen out in the spell scar. Sometimes you fly into a mana storm and your ship becomes sentient. Sometimes that ship gets jealous. Jealous of your friends. Jealous of your crew. Jealous of your lovers. That was not my partner you put down. That ship was haunted. And I lost most of my crew that day. Ever since then, nobody wants to ride with Farah. Fair Farah Winslow is retired. Pours another round of shots for you guys. No, I'm thinking you got caught in a very unique and kind of terrifying set of circumstances that I don't know how to parse in this moment. You know what I miss? It's not the adventures. It's the desire. People wanted to fly with me, flying a full ship, walking through the halls, people treating you with respect. That's what I want. Last hurrah, you say. He looks at you, Anita. Aren't we a full ship? Like, there's four or five of us. She nods. She says, I. You would be a full ship. You willing to pay? How much? As long as the, as long as the price isn't too scary or unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I know inflation's hit a bit over the years. I'll just go with my old rates. Top tier, high shelf, fair Winslow production. 50 gold ahead. However, I can see by your reaction that might be a little rich for your blood, the way you're dressed. So I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll take you four for free. But I need you to do me a favor. I need at least four paying customers to help me relive my glory days. And then I'll take you wherever you want to go. Well, we got Celessa. That's one. Maybe she's got some friends. I'll be right back. And he'll run out the door and see if he can find his friend. Okay, yeah, you you hunting down. You find, uh, without too much ado, Celessa is kind of walking around, weighing her options. She's got a handful of different flyers uh, that she's, you know, inter- like weighing and looking and stuff. But you can tell. You, you come up and she's like, Reach for this guy. Just kidding. 
I'll, I'll shoot you down like the dead dog you ought to be. <laughs> what were you saying? That's a little too close to home. He knows how to push your buttons. Do you have anybody else that you're going to go out on the hunt with or anybody else you know that wants to get out that way? I think we got some passage for you as long as you're willing to pay. I'll chip in for some if you don't have enough. Yeah. How much? How much for? 50 gold pieces ahead. 50? Nah, I'm in. No problem. I'll pay my way. Do you know anybody else? I got one condition. Not like last time. Well, not entirely unlike last time. We need to fly low enough. I need to shoot something. I need to hunt something from the airship. Okay. Big game hunting. I need to bring a trophy back. Something that says, I went to the spell scar. I'm badass. I mean, do you ever go out to the, what do they call, dinosaur badlands? Maybe that's on the way. That sounds awesome. We're definitely going to the dinosaur badlands. Okay. Hmm. Perfect. I'm in. Uh, unfortunately, I am sort of a one-man crew. Woman crew, so to speak. I, I, I get you. Most of the old gang didn't survive to retirement. <laughs> Don't I know? But she kind of looks around, and there are like tons of people here looking for passage on different things. She's like, but I'm sure somebody here. Anybody looking for a ride? And she just kind of screams out loud in the middle of the, the, the thing. Speak to my friend Hal here. He'll get you a deal. Don't ghost me. I'm heading to the final prospect. All right. So you got one. Can I do a check to see if, like, anywhere yeah. in the area? How do you want to do it? Like, what What are you, are you, like, going around just asking random people? I'll go to the, the, the tavern with the pirate ship to see if there are any disappointed customers that were also turned back by this actor pirate because they didn't want to bring him to... You know, maybe Shoma needs to get out, stretch their legs. I don't say that in character. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you could also, like, we could bring Aldo, but I don't think Aldo can afford the 50 gold, unfortunately. Aldo, what are you doing here? This is so convenient. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. Can we pay for Aldo? (laughs) Who do we know that can afford a 50 gold trip that will probably get them killed and that we'll have to babysit through the fucking mana waste that it won't be too terrifying to do? We have a child... An old man cat. with dementia. <laughs> An actual cat. The cat will be fine. The cat will survive. Uh, hmm. So, Anita, why, why they're mentally going through the list, oh, you go over towards the, the pirate ship to see if anyone that's there. You, you see, like, a younger couple, probably, like, not younger than you, at least, but, like, a young couple comparatively, like, probably mid to late 20s. They kind of come out, and you can hear them, like, sort of arguing, like, Honey, I'm sorry, I can't afford 150 gold. You said it would be my choice for our honeymoon. But can't we just... There's We can go to Alkenstar Falls. I mean, we can take a, a ship up the river. I want adventure. Do we have to bring the toxic couple with us? Rafi, you can kill them. <laughs> Hello, um... Sorry, I just overheard your conversation. I know they ask for so much, 150. I know a place that only they'd only charge you for 50 gold. 
Where are you going, huh? Spellcast Desert. That far east. Have you heard of the dinosaur uplands? Or the fireball mesa? You, you got her attention, at least. She's, like, listening to your adventure, and he's like, no, honey, I mean, even 50 gold is kind of pushing our budget. Nina, Anita, why don't you make a diplomacy check here to see if you can try to convince these people to come? Or how would you sell them? I mean, you're selling them on this. What are you doing? And then we'll make a roll accordingly. Uh, I'll be, so they're looking for adventures, so I'll just list down the places that have really cool names. So, have you heard of the Scream? I have no idea what these places are, but I'll just say them. <laughs> the Screaming sure. Fields, have you heard of maybe Harpies that just, if, you, if you're if you in there, if you don't have the enough willpower to survive going past it, you will go out of there crazy. What do I Give do? Give me a diplomacy check. Okay. Yep, as you try to convince them and sell them on Merk the Leisler. No. I'd like to think I'd like to think Anita messes up one thing about each name. Yeah. So instead of the spell scar, it's a spell cast. Yeah. Spell cast. Instead of the dinosaur <laughs> the dinosaur highlands, it's a Have you heard of the bittersweet lake? <laughs> so the ten is definitely not a, a success, right? And they're kinda whispering at each other and then they'll agree to go, but They'll only pay 25 gold each. I'll cover the 50. So like almost like a buy one, get one free option. Yes, of course. Nudges her husband. He's like, that's a deal. Got a bit. Fine. We're in. And he reaches out and shakes your hand. I got two, I say. Rem. Finn. Bram and what? I'm sorry. Finn. Finn. It's nice to meet you. We're on our honeymoon. Is there like a honeymoon suite, perhaps? Some kind of like upgrades? I'm going to need some amenities on this trip. I'd like to make it I'm special. Sure. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there's some that's been offered. We could always ask the pilot. Yeah, they're they're in. Um, assuming that you cover half their fees, right? So. It's, it's 50 each. They're paying 25 each, so you would have to cover the other 25 each, which totals 50. But other than that, that's well, now three paying customers, one being a toxic. Two what are their haircuts? Customer. Because they're both cheap and picky, so I'm imagining it's got to be some kind of bob. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's see. <laughs> um, we definitely have art for all these characters, so let's... Oh, uh, Y'all think Lord Glass can afford 50 gold? Because I ooh. think they would be wonderful to have on this adventure. <laughs> I'm like, it's either Lord Glass or fucking Great the... Scott. Yeah. My God, he was so important. Gattleby. Gattleby, yeah. Gattleby. Gattleby can afford it for sure. Okay, fuck yeah. I'm going to um, talk to Gattleby. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's go grab Vashon. Yeah, we could ask Shoma as well. Yeah, you guys have any other suggestions? I mean, you came up with a lot of really cool ideas. Do we want to, like, nail down this fourth person now, or do we want to Pause it, and you guys have a week to think about it, and we can start next week if you're recruiting the last guest. Honestly, I think Gattleby's a good call. I think, because he could afford it, yeah. And can probably also defend himself to a reasonable mm-hmm. exploding degree when things inevitably go to shit in a shopping cart. Well, an airship. But... Or he's going to hide like a coward. Yeah. He's going to hide like a coward. Either way, we don't have to fucking babysit him as he's running about. 
That's true. Oh man, we gotta babysit the toxic wood. You oh, have to babysit them. Fair, you that's did fair. That. That's fair. That's fair. And I will help you in character. Whoops. You could still back out and take different people if you don't want to take the toxic couple. You just took the first people that you came across. It doesn't have to be the people you take, right? I mean, time is a factor. We should ask Phoebe. She just wrapped that play. I open the bar- the door to the Baron Bullet, where I think Gattleby still is. Vashon, you here? He's not here at all. He's back at his house, and I'm an idiot, and I go running to his house. No, he is still under, like, house arrest. He's still being watched by Phoebe because he's still a one man. They're still trying to keep Pyronite under wraps, and he's, so far as they know, he was the only person with the formula, so they wanted to keep a close watch on him. So he's here. He's been spending every waking moment he has trying to still solve why his Pyronite is too explosive. So he's definitely around the barrel and bullet. He's definitely a person you have close contact with and you'd be able to, to get Gattleby if you'd like. Can you get us at Gattleby? Not really. <sighs> what? Like working on his formula. You got 50 gold to spare? Because I'm thinking maybe you need to get out and stretch your legs, get away from your work, and that may be inevitably when some flying monstrosity dives down upon us in the mana wastes. You can test out your pyronite, get some field experience. Two rocks with one stone, or pyronite in this case, I guess. You're going to the spell scar. Yeah. Phoebe signed off on this? She knows we're going to be away, and we haven't told her. She told me I wasn't allowed to leave this property. You'll go I with think us. She It'll be literally fun. threatened to end my bloodline. Wow. I'll smooth that over with Phoebe. Don't worry about it. Phoebe's in. I'm in. Hell yeah. Nice. We need to go. I'm not going to get closer to you because I don't know if shit's going to explode, but we need to <laughs> come on. Yeah, he, he's absolutely game to go. He's got the cash. Phoebe's not going to let him leave because he's too important to what she's doing. So you're going to have to convince Phoebe to let him go. Hey, Phoebe. She's like um, working in the back, comes out, washing a glass. We need to borrow Gattleby for a little bit. Borrow Gattleby. You mean the most important thing, the whole reason our crew even exists is to keep him safe. What are you doing with Gattleby? We're going to give him a place where he can test his Pyronite in a place where nobody in Alkenstar can get hurt. He's safer when he's close to us. He's not in your hair. He doesn't run the risk of blowing up the barrel and bullet while you have a full house. I noticed you answered everything except for where you're taking him. We're taking him to the Mana Wastes. On an airship, he'll be safe. It's important for everything we're doing here. You were just going to skip town without letting me know. This is me letting you know. It's necessary for us to hunt down our shared goals. That's the only reason we're doing it. We're not trying to ride off into the sunset and disappear. This has something to do with Kosawana. Right. I'll spare you the gory details. Just realize it's necessary. Well. I mean, unless you want to go too. I would love to go on a vacation. Great. 100 gold. (laughs) 
I am not at liberty to currently leave my post. Been hanging out with that pirate over the airship place? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> if you th- say Gattleby is important enough to take to the mana waste, if he is in some way can verify whether this Kosawana actually knows the formula to Pyronite. Now, isn't that a convenient reason that we need to take Gattleby? I wish I would have thought of that. That's quite good. <laughs> you promise. You swear to me. You bring him back alive. Yeah, I'll watch out for him. You can sign an NDA if you want. <laughs> when did you get here? Holy shit. What the fuck's an NDA? All right. Not dead already. I trust you, Saru. I know this is... You wouldn't do this unless it's absolutely necessary. And she reaches out to shake your hand on it. I take it. Gattleby, pack your shit. We're going on vacation. Woo! Yeah, and Gattleby, uh, he does. He goes up to his room. He packs his shit. And he's got his... like. He's like, we gotta stop for cigarettes. And you I still need got those, um, those... I already bought them. Tap <laughs> element, not elementals. This is our concern. Tap constructs that we can conveniently stash you in and might protect you. Oh, that you can absolutely. He's like, oh, I'm just gonna be so nice. You just stretch my goddamn legs. Get my. I need to get out of the city for a bit. Climbs into the like cock the con the um the brewer clockwork in the tub. Welcome to the yeast of all brewery. <laughs> right. And it, it's Vashon's voice. It's like a nice version of Vashon's voice that he programmed years ago. Walking himself through the streets. And uh, yeah. You're able to secure Vashon. So the only thing that you guys needed to do, like you have, technically you have four paying customers, right? Which is the, the requirement for Pharaoh to be in. And uh, the only thing you guys have to pay out of pocket is collectively 50 gold. Can I try to look for another yeah. willing customer? Okay. Sure. Uh, Same thing. I'm just like. waiting outside that pirate place. Okay. I'll say that, yeah, there is there are some people that come by. There's, a, there's a, a couple of halflings that come by, and they're like, excuse me, I heard you might have been running some sort of buy one, get one deal. It depends who's your other one. It depends. How shitty is your partner? Yeah, points right next. Uh, this this is my brother. I'm I'm Hiram. This is my brother. Or sorry, this is my sister, Esthery. Mom had a little bit of a lisp when she named my sister. Knock it off! Like punches her brother in the arm. He's like, ah. Anyway, we're looking for some some kind of thing. Uh, we're merchants. Need to get outside the city. The you know, the walls here are starting to get thin. We're we're thinking about maybe trying our hand at making some connections at Cloud Reaver Keep. Is that someplace you guys might be going? Yeah. Are you willing to pay I mean, fifty gold if, each? If the deal still stands Not the buy one get one. Not no. On second thought, maybe not the buy one get one. 50 gold each person. Yeah, you can see they're dressed in pretty nice clothes. They have like a bundle of like, not rugs, but like textiles and stuff, like different fabrics. Make a, make a diplomacy check. 
Are they toxic? <laughs> oh, they Sense don't motive. seem toxic at all. They seem like just instead of being like a toxic couple, and you by the way, you rolled a uh, 19 on the dice for a total of 27. They talk it over. I mean, 50 gold is a little it's steep on expensive there. for a trip to Cloud River Keep, but you seem really nice. Tell you what, 50 gold each, we're in, but you let us pitch you some of these textiles while we're on the way. You look like you could use a new wardrobe. Sure. Yeah, I know. There's a couple holes in here. Great. Uh, where do we go? Just follow me, and then I walk to the pub. The final prospect. <laughs> so pub. you get there, and, um, you know, Gallaby shows up in a clockwork. Gallaby. The brewer, Saruk and stuff, and then uh, the toxic couples there, already arguing out on the porch of this place. Like, all just, they're constantly bickering. And then you also have, you have Solessa, who's just sitting there, Hat leaning against the wall, like hat down over her eyes, as she's just like reconsidering whether she could handle a trip with these two, like people arguing. I go to the toxic couple. I'm sorry, deal's off. What do you mean the deal's off? I don't have money. No, no, you and I had a deal. I'm getting my vacation. Is there a manager here? I need to talk to the manager. And then she, she I am the manager. In. No, I look for <laughs> Saruka Refi. Help. She stomps into the final prospect to go yell at Farah. And then, like, almost immediately, there's, like, the sound of, like, wood shattering. As Farah just, like, smashes her with a chair and throws her out the front door, Fresh Prince style. And she lands, like, right on the, the thing, all, like, beaten up. And her husband's just like, sorry, sorry, gets her up and, like, scurries off. And then this, the siblings look at each other with wide eyes and they kind of take like a step back. Like maybe this isn't the trip we want to be on. Don't worry about them. I'm sure they're definitely not going with us. And as they're going away, and I'm sure they will work out their problems somewhere healthy. And that that person knows that the other person is not. And then just, nope, 